You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, it's AfterBuzz TV's Californication After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's Californication After Show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Californication After Show. It's Season 7, Episode 8, called 30 Minutes or Less. Obviously, you guys know what that reference is. I am Phil Svitek. Missing is Andreas Skordos and Roxy Stryer. But we do have Stephen Lemieux. Hey, guys. Good to be back for another episode. Crazy one at that. Indeed. Um, What I love is they're always able to take all this kind of comedy and, and, you know... Just twist it on its head and just make fun of so many California slash entertainment industry stuff. And then right at the end, just go for the gut and bring it all back to reality and bring it back to what it's all about ultimately, which is Hank and Karen. They really do know how to kind of, I mean, the the whole episode is high and then they know how to kill a high. Seriously, that's for damn sure. They do, and I mean, when they're funny, they're really funny. And you know what? Perhaps uh, in the vein of hashtag, I don't know if they're funny, but they're certainly witty. Certainly witty. God, that just seeing that is like a set nightmare. I'm just like, man, you got to be in control of the set when you got so many people. But at the same time, it shouldn't be just all on the producer to get everyone in order. You're supposed to have the ads. You're supposed to have everything controlling stuff. It'd be a nightmare. Yes, but it starts from the t- you know um, to be. I get where you're saying, but in, in this sense, they've let Hank lead that many amount of people, right? We've kind of seen the writer's room where it's been isolated and Hank does what he does best, which is writing. But now he's on set and, yes, he f- the boredom of the conveyances is, is a, quite apparent. But at the end of the day, he still has to manifest this, this script into a vision and he is not the leader for this. Dude, he's not. And, like... After all the crap that Wrath, like, throws at him and everything that Wrath hates him about, I'm surprised they'd put him in this position. I mean, can you imagine being put on as a writer and then just suddenly, hey, you're going to produce an episode off the bat? Well, I mean, ultimately, that's what you're supposed to do. And we just had an earthquake here in California. Live Californication After Show. And we did. Californication. California earthquakes. Time of day. 07.38 p.m. California time, so if you some, saw some shaking, heard some shaking, that's what that was. I know. We we are definitely in Los Angeles, people. Um. Anyway, luckily it wasn't... <laughs> it's kind of cool. Uh, Second one I've felt since I moved here. Sorry, I'm going to hopefully topic. not bite my words and say hopefully it wasn't that tragic and didn't feel that tragic. Um. So let's hope that actually comes to fruition when I check the news after this podcast. Um. I think somebody's drink might have spilled. Fair enough. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if there was any doubt of what happened the night last time with with Hank and and Julia, that certainly can be put to rest. Seriously, that is... uh, Roxy was saying, no, they didn't do it. No, they they didn't do it. They they didn't do it. 
Um, if they did, they, they certainly did, did today. It. Yeah, they certainly did. I mean, they did something today. It was a little bit of a quickie. I don't think anything happened before Cockblock showed up. Yeah, but ironically, he was still happy. <laughs> we were always wondering how you know how he's going to push this, and he said, as he jokes about later, it's what an amazing love story. I mean, there's. I mean, I'm kind of skipping ahead to the episode, but this kind of pertains to it. I really love the writing on how everything intersects. Like they develop all these storylines into this globe of different lines, and then you can just see them arcing until they intersect on making Hank look the worst he could possibly ever look. And the show just excels at doing that. And it's really great writing. I got to hand it to Tom for that. It is absolutely because everything everything does come back. Um, Amy, Amy <laughs> Taylor, Taylor Wall, she she's writing the thing of it, and we have the other writer who's and um, I love it when they kind of isolate these moments. And no matter where Hank goes, I, I mean, ultimately he just needs to be by himself. Well, it's even that's, damned. To, that's the only way he's not going to get in trouble. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because he didn't even sleep with Amy, but still, it's just as bad as if he had. But he just he. I mean, Hank's number one problem is that he tries to be too much of a people pleaser. He knows the decision that must be made, that has to be made, but he can't ultimately execute on it. And he he says the words, but then he doesn't act upon them, and that's his ultimate biggest problem. What was the quote he was doing the whole episode? Uh, well, there was these the- are the times that try men's souls. Yes, from uh, <laughs> from what he got, he picked that Good. up obviously from Wrath. Yeah, gotta love it. Oh my god! I mean, uh, do so before we get into like the whole Hank arc. I mean, talking about all of that. Do you want to talk about the audition? Sure. Let's let's talk about let's not young Levon. young Levon Moody, represented by Charlie Runkle of the Runkle Agency. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think he knows what it's actually called. Hey, at least Runkle's got more than one client now, though. Apparently, <laughs> hey, you know what. That would be better. Runkle be getting twenty percent off of him. Um, yeah, he's just he's terrible. That's it's kind of funny though. I mean, it's endearing because that's like if you move to L.A., no matter how many auditions you've had outside of L.A., your first audition when you move to Los Angeles is definitely an experience, and you get that nervous stomach thing. You get everything. You don't exactly fart during the audition, but like. I, you can definitely like relate to him if you've ever had that experience. So it's another kind of nod to the California people who move here and have had auditions like that. Well, I mean, I, th- I think that's partially it. But then the other part of it is how serious was he about this? You know, I, I think he's just like, oh, I want to be an actor. So let me act. You, you know, I think there's a difference between someone who studied acting for many, many years can call themselves to whatever degree an actor and is just nervous as opposed to him who's just literally farting because that's all he has i don't think it's all he has i think he you think he's a good actor i don't think he's a good actor but i think it's really just i mean there's one thing to be said about auditioning many many times before you actually get something because in the audition room you gotta you gotta be used to that pressure or you're not gonna be able to focus you're not gonna be able to think of the lines because it's all easy on paper, but when you get in front of the camera and you feel like this person is in control of your entire future, which is what he was feeling because he's like, the casting director hates me. It's going to be terrible if you're not there. And he, he probably put even more pressure on himself by having Hank in the room. Okay, but Levon is also the type of kid who runs away from pressure just in general. I mean, he needed – remember his me day, Steven? Come yeah. on. 
So it's not like he's the most equipped to handle pressure in general. And his strategy for handling pressure is to try to avoid it at all costs. And, you know, I'm not going to say it's Julia's fault, but she's babied him. So he goes to mommy. And when he can't go, now that he's got daddy, he can go to daddy. Yeah, but at least he did the audition. I mean, as <laughs> as much as it bombed and as much as he passed gas, beep, fucking Hank in the background like, oh, sorry, I just didn't, couldn't control myself. No, I, I mean, it's a step forward for young Levon in his life of stepping outside of his shell. It's only the first audition. It might not be the best one. It will not be the last terrible one. Fair enough. Well, before we continue, uh, I don't know if this will directly or help young Levon, but I believe it could in some sort of way. And it's a book by the title of Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness. I think it's right up Levon's alley. Hit that cue, Steven. Hey guys, Maria Menunos here, and I want to share my newest book, The Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness with you. Basically, every woman always stops me and asks me how I lost 40 pounds. So I decided to put it all in one book. Everything I did to lose 40 pounds step by step and how you can too is in here. I did it with no time, no money and no willpower. And now I'm going to show you how to do it too. You can pre-order it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, wherever books are sold. And it's out June 3rd. So I hope you guys love it. I hope it helps you in your weight loss journey. And please, please tweet me and update me on your progress at Maria Menounos. Thanks. All right, so I was wrong. Maybe that book wouldn't necessarily help Levon, but if you are a fan um, of Maria or you're looking for a good diet and fitness book, this is right up your alley. Again, I don't know if it'll help Levon. Who knows? You know, I got I got to say though. I mean, the book I've I've read through a little bit of the book. I I haven't uh haven't had the chance to read the entire thing yet. It comes out Tuesday, of course, this Tuesday, June 3rd. You know, it has a lot of good points. Like I, from somebody myself who lost a lot of weight on my own, like the, some of the points she makes, some of the, like the the tools she gives you to use to kind of motivate yourself into doing it. It it, it has a lot of good points that'll definitely help you if you're trying to find that motivation or just trying to find time during the day to try to lose weight. So definitely pick that up at bookstores anywhere, Amazon.com. Pre-order it if you want, or just pick it up on Tuesday. She's doing a book tour right now, and she'll sign if she's in your city. Um. So speaking of just kind of good decisions overall. I feel like like Hank knows he shouldn't get high at work, but yet he gets high with hashtag. Everyone does though. Come on, Phil. And I'm not. But here's the th- here's the thing, Hank. Everyone always tells him like, oh, you know, you're so real. I'm I'm glad we had this talk. And it's just what I think. Hank has become ironically so Hollywoodized that he's not real anymore. He he know he he just. He's become this uh, caricature of himself, and he just says all these cool lines and things, but, I, I mean, he doesn't necessarily mean them. Certainly, Hashtag eventually finds out he didn't. I think he means them at the time, but it's just, it kind of, I don't know. It, it, I mean, Hank's always been a flawed character, but he's always meaning well when he says things, but then when but you have push to comes execute. to sub, yeah. I mean, we, we've known that about Hank for too long to fault him for it now, though. Okay, but but eventually, uh, eventually something has to give. I mean, he's seeking advice from Karen, who is coming, which we obviously will talk about what happened at the end. But as he has his penis inside of Julia, and only then to to I, I mean, if you really like Julia and you know 
and perhaps you want to be with her. You don't necessarily want to be with Cameron. I don't know what the full situation is. But certainly, Amy Taylor Walsh should not be uh, on your mind, on your penis, in your mouth, anything of that nature. I mean, these are the time, these are the days that test men's souls. I think it's really kind of, I mean, talking about Goethe and a lot of the stuff they're going into, it's kind of, I mean, this is the final, final stretch of the series. So I think it's kind of bringing Hank a lot back down to earth and kind of definitely testing him. But really, come on, man. Amy Taylor Walsh and like everyone's the so sexy and it's just Hank has just not been the one to turn down a beautiful woman. And I understand that, but partly, again, how many people, has he gone back on his word against uh wrath in this episode hashtag in this episode uh Ju- julia feels violated um and cer- and certainly uh amy taylor walsh for the wrong reasons of like hey i'm the main girl <laughs> so he's just he's just doing all of these wrong things um and ultimately you know he's gonna have to pay for it and certainly now, I mean, he wanted to have a full sidebar conversation. I don't think that happened. I think that conversation ultimately happened in front of everybody. And that was just the writing again, putting everybody in the same position, just like the pool, just like every other situation Hank gets in. I think it's great that, I mean, the whole time Hashtag's trying to have an on-screen relationship with Amy Taylor Walsh. She's like, oh, an extra, because those are what they're there for. And then she's pissed that it's a side, that it's a guest star and... But then Hank's like, oh, she has a right to screw whoever she wants, talking about Julia. I don't know. He's, he's, I don't know really know he's how poetic, to. But. He's poetic, but he's got to, he's got to sometimes like, he's tried this episode, but he didn't really try hard enough to not fail. I mean, he knew even just avoiding hashtag, he was, a, part of the whole reason why he got in this whole mess was because he was avoiding hashtag because he didn't want to tell him no. And by doing so, he, he got led astray to all these different kind of side adventures, and he got led down the wrong path. Had he just perhaps confronted him, all of this would have been okay. This 30-minute or less break just caused all of these problems. Um, let's also touch upon Runkle over at Runkle Agency because he's having his problems of his own. Um, and we didn't get too much of a development apart from that. You know, we know that they get turned on, and now apparently they're having sex, and and Stu's still up for the deal despite getting hit in the nuts. Was it the nuts or was it the stomach? One or the other. Because I feel like he would have been a lot more on the ground if it were the nuts, but, I mean, he still wants to do the deal, even though Runkle socked him. <laughs> oh, Runkle. And then, what? of course, um, he's still, Hank is kind of like, so put off by the fact that Runkle's considering it, uh, but he ultimately shouldn't be. I don't know. It's I, you know what? And they kind of had they they had a decent conversation, but even then, Hank didn't really tell Runkle what he needed to hear. Um, obviously, by the by the decision that Runkle made in terms of hitting Stu, that that wasn't the right decision. It should have been like, okay, hey, listen, we appreciate the offer. Or whatever, but it's just wrong and it's not going to happen. And as much as we need the money, no. Or, you know, if you're going to be messed up, just say, okay, let's do it. But but right now he's in the middle. Yeah, he's in a position where he can't because Marcy wants to do it. And Runkle can't exactly tell Stu no without Marcy's consent. So he's kind of just stuck. I mean, that that punch was just his feelings at the moment because he can't really give him an answer. And Stu putting a time trial on it just even screws it up even more. I don't know. 
I mean, ultimately, it's it's what a crazy premise. Um, but again, I I feel like just yes, it's frustrating for Hank, and I, I I feel for him, and he's absolutely right that everything has to go back to Runkle, and he should have known sooner, right when Runkle showed up. However, at the end of the day, you know, if you're gonna knowing that you have a friend like Runkle, you should give him good good sound advice um, rather than just kind of. To me, every situation Hank was in, he he uh, he blew it off in the worst of ways and came back to bite him in the face. Pretty much, especially hashtag, especially every. I mean, hashtag hiring his own comedic writers was kind of like you need like he. I would I wanted him to like go off on hashtag right there. Like I wanted him to actually like put stuff in its place, but he kept putting it off and he didn't do anything about everything falling apart around him. Indeed. Well, maybe leave on sticky finger. Stinky finger will figure, fi- will resolve everything. Oh God, I love the little line about, yeah, the director sent me a picture of his dick and I sent him back. Where is the rest of it? <laughs> Hasn't bothered with my lines ever since. Hilarious. There's a good, there's a good few one-liners, I especially like um, Stu talking about like, hey, you want to get on this? Like, no, I'm the executive producer that just kind of doesn't do anything, hands off kind of executive producer. Except when it comes to the money. Except when it comes to the money. So, um, obviously, all of this comes to a crashing halt when Marcy calls Hank. And we were finally going to get that big kind of... Obviously, it wasn't, wasn't going to happen tonight, but we were going to strategize on how to tell Becca because Becca still doesn't know about all the cast of characters in this. And, uh, you know, Karen, she made it pretty clear that all she wants to do is just kind of figure this out for Hank and then leave and how ironic that all he wanted from her was to see her smile. And center himself. And he even says that he's like, Karen's the one who centers me. And he doesn't have that right now in a time when he's kind of just trying to save his own soul. And he, I, he's certainly not going to have that for a little bit. But before we fully dive into that, perhaps if Hank had a California psychic to te- tell him, he would have known not to go through with this day. Tell us more, Stephen. Well... Tomorrow starts today. When 2014 started, I'm sure all of you made promises to yourself. You wanted to fall in love, maybe meet the right guy or girl. However, with each day that passed, you told yourself, I'll do it tomorrow. Well, tomorrow starts today. Call 1-800-PREDICT or 1-800-PREDICT or go to CaliforniaPsychics.com to talk to your personal advisor. We're all curious about finding our soulmate, Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, and clearing out any doubts about that big decision. California Psychics will provide you the direction to give you that needed confidence. New customers can try it for only a dollar a minute. Why wait for tomorrow when tomorrow starts today? Call 1-800-PREDICT for your personal advisor or visit CaliforniaPsychics.com because you want to know what's happening in your better tomorrow. Well, had Hank called, he would have known who Mrs. Wright was, who his soulmate was because he wouldn't be put in this position where... Uh, he he also has that one line of he's not as high as he'd like to be, and uh, now he's not as um, sober perhaps as he'd like to be because now he's making the worst trip to the hospital and doesn't. I mean, we don't even apart from the preview of next week, we don't really know what happened beside a car accident. Yeah, and I'm hoping. I mean, can I? I don't really want to give away spoilers to Dexter, but I don't want to be like Dexter where it's like, oh, she's fine. It's really a simple procedure, and then. Pfft, dead 
I don't know. I'm I'm worried because like my prediction last week was the only thing that could bring Julie or uh, Karen and Hank closer together was if Julia died. <laughs> but now that Karen's in this position, it's kind of like karma because we were rooting for Julia so much, and now we're like, oh crap. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to see Karen die, but I could see it happening. I don't think she's gonna. I don't. I don't think she's gonna die. I certainly don't think it's gonna happen like Dexter. Not that I even know. It. I didn't watch Dexter, so I don't know particularly what of what you're talking about. I think, you know, it's a time. She's run out of time. I think that I think they're smart enough to write something different. You know, they would want to challenge themselves, especially Tom Capinos. He wouldn't. He wouldn't go down that route. But I guess you know, with, with Karen in particular, there's not much to talk about in this episode per se. So why don't we kind of do an extended predictions? <laughs> And now, you're after Buzz TV predictions. Alright. So, with, um, with this, obviously, they always bring back Hank at church. And where he's kind of talking with church and, and, and obviously church is very symbolic of all the sins that Hank has done in his life. And, uh, I don't know, it's, it's sometimes he sees none. Sometimes he he sees temptation, and the temptations just get hotter and younger. And again, I this I don't know if it's gonna be, I don't know if it's a dream sequence. I which ironically they joked about um, with hashtag today about um, I don't care if it's dream sequence. Just let me make out with her. Um, we've gotten a lot of those in the past, and so it'd be nice to kind of see that technique come back. Obviously, in this final season. Um, I, I I certainly don't think we're going to get a resolution next week in particular um, of what is happening with um, with Karen. Perhaps Becca will finally be back just because it is such a dire situation. What are your thoughts, Steven? I think Becca's definitely coming back. She's kind of like the countdown to Becca. Like, we don't know at when she's... Point, yeah. yeah. I, I predict that Roxy's going to be completely devastated at the end of this episode when she watches. Um... I don't want to say Karen dies, I but I think, think this is kind of going to be like the the. I think this is kind of the start of the arc towards the end of the series. I think this is really going to be Hank's introspective look at his at what's happened in the past seven seasons, moving towards where they're going to end the series at. Whether it's with Karen, whether it's with Julia, whether it's with neither of them. I don't know. I mean. It's going to be interesting to see the metaphors they use with the church because they're always very clever with that. And it always makes sense. It always makes less sense when you're watching it. And then after the end of the season, all those scenes just come together and make so much more sense than they did before. So I I can't really give a great prediction. I think, here's I think the, here's, somebody's going to die. You know what? <laughs> you're always thinking that. I mean, here's the here's the only kind of supporting evidence that we do have for that is... Um, uh, the the rock and roll butler what's his name again um anyway oh yeah he's he's writing his memoirs obviously but remember he came back for his love and his love was dead and runkle says to him well luckily hank's love is still alive it just didn't work out yeah i mean i don't know if that's um a foreshadow of what is to come but I, i don't know i think this is like the last last chance for hank moody and karen I, I well yes yeah I literally um 
So we'll find out. I don't know. I'm I'm I've, I'm really excited. I really love these episodes. You know, um, they've never let down. They've never missed a beat. You know, which is very tough, especially in seven seasons of a show like this. But hey, they they are amazing, and they just continue making laughs, but then also bring it right back down. Next week is definitely going to be a tearjerker. I don't know if we'll have many many laughs, which which is understandable, and uh, I don't think any of us will really ultimately mind because of tonight's episode was full of laughs. Anyway, Stephen Lemieux, where can the fans, the people, find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X, as well as on the MasterChef After Show here at AfterBuzz TV, as well as starting... What's that show called? Strain. The Strain. Guillermo del Toro. The Vampire Show. You know, that's coming out in a month, so check definitely check that out. All right, and follow us here at AfterBuzz TV on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. And let us know what you guys thought of the episode in the comments. We always like reading it. Um, some are better at it than others. Roxy, in particular, is amazing at it. Follow uh, her at Roxy Stryer. That's right. She will be back, as will Andreas. Thank you guys for joining us for this episode. We've got a few more left, and we're going to enjoy every last bit of it with you guys. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 